It's a Tuesday on the morning tailgate. That means it's time to check in with Raider Nation's Grammy winner, Jason Fitz, on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, here he is, Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports, Raider Nation's Grammy winner. And, of course, one of the great hosts on Fox Sports Radio. He joins us on Tuesdays at this time. And I'll tell you what, we really love seeing you over at Radio Road last week. Thank you for being a part of it. But I tell you, even for you, you're still going through great conversations. And this one you had with Frank Schwab about the 49ers and maybe their uh, lack of ability to handle overtime. What was some of the logic that was put out on this? Because you and Frank went back and forth on this yesterday. Yeah, so, you know, I know everybody says that Kyle Shanahan's lost his mind. I just didn't think he made the wrong decision. And to me, the the biggest part of overtime that I think we're forgetting is that it, it goes sudden death after both teams have that opportunity. And so from the outset, even before there was the kick opportunity, I said to the room that was watching, man, I'd want to win the, the, the coin toss and take the ball first. And everybody else said I was crazy. But my whole logic is whatever you get, if it gets matched, you don't want Mahomes to have the first shot at sudden death. Like that's, that's where you lose. So, you know, I know that that's three steps down the road, but that's what made sense to me. All he was asking his defense to do was what they'd done the whole game. I mean, realistically, the Chiefs had one touchdown in that game, and it came from a short field on a punt uh, issue, right? So if you think about it, all he's saying to his defense is, we just need you to get a stop. So I, I had no problem trusting his defense to be able to get the stop. I had no problem taking the ball first. I had no problem protecting myself against Mahomes. I'd have done the same thing. I'd still, even now, I would still do the same thing. I respectfully disagree. Uh, I think I would rather size up the situation, see what I have to do uh, as the second team, um, because even the Chiefs could have done that. If the 49ers had scored a touchdown, now my, now I if I score a touchdown, I'm going to go for two and win the game right there. So you don't get the third chance. That's kind of where, where, where I was. But it's definitely a great for a debate. But here's the thing that bothered me. His players didn't know what the rule was. And I'm sorry, but that says something. Um, it, it, maybe it's meaningless. I don't think it is. But the fact that his own players learned of the uh, the rule change by looking up at the scoreboard, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought that was poor communication, right? Like, I don't believe the coaches didn't know, right? But the fact that Andy Reid had been talking about this since training camp just shows you what some guys do. You know mm-hmm. I mean? That's what makes Andy Reid right now. I, I don't think there's any question that – Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. I think that's, that is unquestionable to me, and this is one of the reasons why. What have we heard about Andy Reid all the way back to training camp? He still runs his guys hard in training mm-hmm. camp, runs the most physical training camp in the entire NFL, right? Like all of the new logic things and everything, Andy Reid doesn't subscribe to any of that. So what does Andy Reid do? He wears your body down in training camp. He tells you basically everything you'll ever need to know. He prepares you for every single situation. Like he's an old school football coach in a new football era. And I think this, it it speaks a little bit to Shanahan, but it also speaks to the greatness of Andy Reid. Yeah. And I think that he, not only is he a master communicator, but he's one of those people that connects with his players. And that's why that whole sideline thing with Travis Kelsey really didn't irk me as much as everybody else, because ultimately you're in an unregulated uh, competitive environment. And sometimes that happens and they have that type of relationship. Right. And and that's the hard part of the, the Raiders challenge over these next few years, Fitzy, is that you're trying to break through a bond and a guy that truly understands what's needed to succeed in the league today and so we're thinking what's probably the most efficient way to get this done to topple this tower at least give it a better chance to get knocked over and that's why we are are creating a super pack to try to recruit Chris Jones so I ask you Jason Fitz what are you willing to throw in to make this recruiting pot just a little bit sweeter 
Okay, that that is a that is a quality question. You know what? Um, I will uh, I will personally fly out to every home game the first year and serenade whatever dinner he wants the night before. Like I'll bring the violin. Wow. I'll play for him, like a little private concert. Uh, you know, just just a little private concert and be like, you know, if you want to have dinner with the family and a you know a roaming string player in the background just to set the mood, <laughs> I will I will personally take care. Of, and by the way, I, you know, not for nothing, I think Chris Jones should have had far more consideration for the MVP in that game. I mean, yeah. there were a couple of plays in that game that were touchdowns if he doesn't blow them up. So what does that teach us? Like, there's a couple of things we can look at the, the Chiefs who are right now in the middle of the dynasty, and we can ask ourselves as Raiders fans, what can we learn? Well, I think we can learn one thing. Relationships matter from head coach to players to what you just alluded to. Mm-hmm. And also, you have got to. You have got to in the modern NFL be able to get pressure up the middle. And when you do that, Average yards per attempt uh, for Brock Purdy was a little over nine in that game with nothing coming at his feet. It was 1.9 with something coming at his feet. That's the drop-off. That's the difference. And that's why as much as this defensive line is absolutely crushing it with Max and the development of Koontz, I still think that you've got to find that interior pressure beast that could come through for you. Then what would you think as far as terms of like, all right, crazy money is going to be spent on on players like Chris Jones? Do you have a problem with that, even given given his age at around age thirty? No, not at all. Especially because if you're the Raiders, like, what do we know about Mark? Like Mark, like Mark, like we're besties. What do we know about Mark Davis? Like <laughs> we know that Mark at, at some point he's not interested in a long term rebuild. We know Antonio Pierce isn't interested in a long term rebuild. Oh, yeah. So even though he's thirty, and even though it's going to be a ton of money, like. I, I can't say this loud enough consistently, that it, especially if you draft a rookie quarterback, which I still think the Raiders are going to attempt to do. If you draft a rookie quarterback, I, I don't really care how Mark Davis spends his money. I just want, and I'm not usually a guy that says go out and get big name free agents. Most of the time, they're a bust. But right now, man, you are in the middle of it. You are in the middle of it with Max Crosby being as good as he is. You put Max Crosby and Chris Jones on the same D line. I, I mean, just. That's a way to make sure that you are going to be competitive with the Chiefs. Like it, it puts you in the same stratosphere to being able to be competitive. And let's not get it twisted. Like The Chiefs did it the right way defensively. They built a defense that has some guys in the back that can cover, and they built a defensive line that can get after you a million ways. And they have a really smart defensive coordinator that I don't think gets enough credit in this. So mm. there are things that, as an organization, you can look at and say, hey, maybe we can't have Mahomes and Andy Reid, but maybe we can have – you know, what What if, you know, Patrick Graham can turn out to be as quality as Spags? And I think he can. And, and what if you can add a couple of pieces and, and compete that way? That the, These are the methods you got to look at. We're talking to the great Jason Fitz. Uh, yesterday there's a report out of Boston uh, that the uh, Patriots are willing to listen to offers to, dra- to, uh, to trade the third pick uh, overall. I think that it, this is the time. This is the year for the Raiders to be aggressive in, in bringing in somebody they believe can be their franchise quarterback. What would your price point be? If you're the Raiders, what are you willing to give up to move up to number three and perhaps draft a Jaden Daniels or, or a, a, a Drake May? Uh, can, I, can I say whatever it takes and not offend you? Uh, I, look, I, You're and, not and offending me way, at all. Yeah, I, I, Here's the thing. I, I've made it clear with you guys repeatedly. I, I do not think that there's any chance the top three teams pick, uh, trade. That being said, that, that report out of Boston was something I heard several times at the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. For reporters, I trust that there is movement to be made at number three. And I've heard multiple times, watch out for the Raiders, trying to move up to number three. You hear that enough, and you're like, man, I don't know. Respectable people telling me that I might be wrong. Like, I'm the first to admit when I see something the wrong way. So 
if the question is, what does it take to get a quarterback? If you're the Raiders, I'd trade whatever it takes. Now, understand what the 49ers give up. Three firsts and a third, I think, to move up for Trey Lance. That's right. So I think you're talking about that plus. So, you know, if you're looking at the, the pattern, it's three firsts and a, a second, maybe, something like that. I mean, I think it's going to take that much. It's going to take multiple years of picks. And I see people all the time say, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Hmm. What did we just learn? What did we just learn? That the best player beats the best team. Yes. This was a year, and I can't, like, I, I, my mind was blown. By DVOA, the, you know, the fancy metric that shows you how tough things are, the Chiefs just went through the toughest playoff run in Super Bowl history, and they won. And they did it with an offensive line that isn't particularly good, mm-hmm. with a wide receiver room that I don't think really has a number one wide receiver in it. They did it with a quarterback that had the highest salary cap number in the NFL this year. So everybody that says you can't pay your quarterback and, ju- and win, Patrick Mahomes just did that. And, and no, is Jaden Daniels going to be the next Patrick Mahomes? Probably not, because I think Patrick Mahomes is about to be the best quarterback in, in NFL history. So it's hard to think that anybody will be that. But what we know is if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. Like I don't think in the modern AFC consistently you can win if you don't have a quarterback. So as much as everybody will say it never works when you trade up, it never works when you get the wrong guy. So the organization needs to make sure they got the right guy. And if they are in love with the guy, whether it's Drake May or whether it's Shaden Daniels, if you're in love with them, I don't care if you give up five years of first-round picks. I don't care because for the next, I'd say, 12 years, what we just saw on Sunday is what we will see every single year. So at some point you got to ask yourself, you want to compete with the Chiefs or do you just want to lay down and, and just give up yes. for the next decade? I don't want to lay down and give up. So you need a quarterback. Yeah, these dudes don't just grow on trees, at least not to the caliber of Patrick Mahomes. But sometimes you can find a four-leaf clover and get something done, right? And it feels like this is a seminal moment for several franchises. We know that the Raiders are certainly part of this. But in terms of the potential for derailing themselves, uh, what franchise do you think is at that biggest risk this offseason? What franchise is at the risk of just blowing it all? They the have a, they have a lot on the line. Maybe it's it's they have a new regime that that if they don't get off to the right start, it could put them back further than they thought. Like I just feel like a lot of people are in very precarious positions. And and I, it, I think I, like honestly, I think the Jags are in a, a terrible position right now. Uh, like, and that's not a, necessarily a new regime, mm-hmm. but I think what we just found out is that last the, the last year that they were good. Maybe they were a little bit more lucky than they were good. And there's, there's a, a guy that they drafted. I, mean, I was standing on the sidelines the, the freshman year of, of Trevor Lawrence when guys were saying he should sue the league to be allowed in that soon. I, I think they have done everything they possibly can to, to hurt him in his development. He is not as good as he should be at this point. And Doug Peterson at this point, I think, has a lot of question marks. So all of a sudden, in a division, that the Texans are, the Texans are poised. The Texans are going to be good. Like the, the Texans, not only are they going to be good, I think they have the right coaches in place, and they kept the right coaches in place. So all of a sudden, the Texans become what the Jags thought they were going to be, right? And the Colts were better than anyone expected on a glory year without their starting quarterback. So the Colts are about to be better than they think. So I think the Jags are about to face themselves in a situation where they're finishing third in the division next year. And when it happens, everybody's going to get fired. And when everybody gets fired, yet again, there's going to be a new coach. I, I genuinely think that we are at the spot where nothing is certain about Trevor Lawrence's future when it comes to is Trevor Lawrence going to get the mega contract sort of thing. I, I don't think we know that. So I think the Jags are just sitting on the edge of just absolute destruction. 
I'm speaking with Jason Fitz, Yahoo Sports here on the morning tailgate. Just in the afterglow of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas' ability to make everything so convenient and perfect for this amazing week that was, do you feel like after all the said and done that maybe Vegas gets eh, pushed up the pecking order a little bit to host a Super Bowl a lot sooner than later? Yeah, I, absolutely. And, you know, look, media members love New Orleans. Like nobody – like. No, every every time you hear about anything, they're like, "Oh, but New Orleans is really." And I heard a lot of people say, "Man, it's almost as good as New Orleans." Which, in the media center, like getting the, you guys know this, like getting all of us that have been covering this for a minute to actually like something new is tough. Uh, so yeah, I think it was a huge win for the city. It was a huge win for the league, and also huge win for the broadcast. Like you know, usually when you're watching the broadcast, you don't really feel the city in it. And you know, even when I was at ESPN, and we talked about doing things around the Super Bowl city, the answer that some of the NFL bosses gave is that the watching audience doesn't really care where it is, which is why they don't usually pick musical acts that correspond with it. Like it's just very independent of the city. Typically, like they're not sitting there telling you the story of Tampa or the story of Detroit, but they did tell you the story of Vegas throughout the entire thing. And I thought that was a really cool, it it was the league telling you, Hey, we're into this. We embrace this. Uh, I mean, I know it was profitable for the city. I paid too much for, you know, cheap Chinese food. But I also know that it was profitable for the league. And at the end of the day, as long as they're making money, it's coming back. I, I would be stunned if Vegas doesn't end up in the rotation as often as New Orleans is. Jason, do you, um, if you're a 49ers fan, uh, do, do you worry at all that five years down the line you're going to look at this time and, and, and just feel like an opportunity was wasted? And I keep going back. To the quarterback, they could have had Patrick Mahomes. They blew it with the Trey Lance uh, pick. I think that Brock Purdy is a really good is a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a great quarterback. And uh, to win Super Bowls, you probably have to have a great quarterback. Do you think five years down the road we're going to look back at this as a disappointment for the 49ers? or are they going to? Do you feel like they're going to be able to to get over that hump at some point? No, I think they're becoming this generation's Buffalo Bills, and that's Ooh. like look when you look back at the Bills and say four straight Super Bowls, I say that now with so much respect. But what we have to remember at the time is it was like, yep, the Bills are choke artists. They were the most dominant team in the league year after Mm -hmm. year after year. And they got into the Super Bowl and always found some stupid way to lose it, right? Like, I mean, I'll I'll forgive going up against the Cowboys that were a juggernaut at that point. But when you look at, like, that giant Super Bowl, we have to remember they were a heavy favorite coming into that game, right? And so – I think there's a lot of similarities in the ability to beat you a million ways and the ability, like the best roster top to bottom, great defense that can get after it. Obviously they don't have Jim Kelly at their quarterback position, but they do it different ways and they get in their own way. Like this is the second straight game where we're watching the team that lost to the chiefs and saying, why weren't you running the ball more? Mm -hmm. Like why, why, why did Christian McCaffrey become such a small part of the game plan? What is it about facing the chiefs? And I know their defense was shutting them down. I get that, but but why? Like, that's, that needs to be the question. Everybody says, well, you know, you can't run if you can't run on them. Well, why couldn't you run on them? You should have been able to. Like, where were the beautiful run schemes that made you say, oh, my God, this is amazing? Like, it came in flashes, but I think Kyle Shanahan, like, we're all talking about the overtime piece of it. I think in the second half, yet again, the same coach, he's blown a double-digit lead now in three Super Bowls he's been a part of. One is an offensive coordinator, two is a head coach. Like, Part of it is because when the game's on the line, he just he doesn't do what got him there. And, and I think that's going to be a real problem through and through. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, fire Kyle Shanahan. No, no. He's a brilliant coach. But I do think that organizationally, they're going to have to look in the mirror 
and they're going to have to figure out who they can bring in. They can talk Kyle down in some of those moments because I, I just don't think he is the in that in, in, when the game's on the line in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure Kyle Shanahan knows how to win it. And if that's the case, I don't know how you break through. Whoa, great stuff. Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports. Brother, thank you again for coming on today after a long, busy week. We really appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. Can't wait. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Jason Fitz. Awesome stuff. At Jason Fitz on X and at Yahoo Sports. And there's a lot of truth in that, especially when you ask the question, Lindsay, about, all right, what do you back up the truck for if you want to go and, like, you know, foster a number three pick? Or maybe it was Vinny that asked the question about the Patriots. Uh, and he says the best player beat the best team in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So if you feel really strongly about somebody, do what the 49ers did to go and get Trey Lance. Offer that, you know, first round pick for three years and maybe a third uh, for another year. And, and it whatever it takes. Them. I mean, it's, it's, it, they, they missed. So they, they, they haven't won the biggest prize, but it's not like they're desolate, right? They give up, they gave up all those, all those assets, but it's not like they're bums on the street, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to, uh, you know, conference championship games. So you can do that. You can make that risk and still not, you know, uh, um, uh, send yourself into some sort of an abyss. That's everybody's worry. Well, if you don't hit and you give up all these assets, you're done with for the next decade. That's not the case. The Rams haven't had a first-round pick since 2016. They gave up a bunch of picks Mm -hmm. to go get Jared Goff, and there were a couple of other players that they traded for. If you're drafting well beyond the first round, and that's going to be Tom Telesco's job here with the Raiders, to be able to make sure that whatever it is that you give up to go to number three, if that ends up happening— that you're 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 able to hit home runs with those other picks or singles, doubles off the wall to keep bringing in good players, young players that you develop. I mean, look at the Chiefs; they haven't had a high first round pick in the longest for for a long time. They keep hitting in the third round, the fourth round, late in the first round, the seventh round. Undrafted free agents. That's how you build teams. So I wouldn't be adverse to giving up three first round picks. I'm not. I don't think that that's going to kill this organization. I was just going to say that Fitzy gave a great vote of confidence for Dan Campbell. Think so? Yeah. yeah. Stick, uh, with, stick with what you are. Stick with what you are. Because you know what? It still mm-hmm. might fail, but I'd rather fail being who I am than fail flip-flopping. Mm-hmm. Trying to follow somebody else Correct. just to do that. Or just getting nervous in that moment. I mean, it's weird because you can... We, all, we talk out of both sides of our mouth. We're like, the team, it's made in all the late rounds of the draft, except the first round pick with this one. It, everything rides on it, right? And, and Or uh, with, with with defense wins championships, but you need to have the quarterback to be able to get them there. And, and, <laughs> and the, the 49ers, yeah. they traded up to go get Trey Lance, but they also got lucky because they picked Brock Purdy. Because if they didn't have Brock Purdy, their ass is grass. Their ass is grass. And to their point and, and their ability to scout, their ability to find that talent, they, they find diamonds in the rough. And that's where the Raiders, you're hoping that they can get to that level of healthy crop every year. We're mm-hmm. one year in, and there's some people that still aren't sold on last year's draft class as much as they, they would like to be at this point. But that takes years and years of, of building up that crop, letting certain people go, yeah. having others step up, finding a George Kittle, right? And, and that takes time. And so for all the time that it's taken them, it sucks because they've come up empty-handed at every single juncture. Yeah, But they've I- kept the things 
uh, they kept the yeah. cupboards full right. because even though they gave up the number ones in 21, 22, mm-hmm. and 23, they still had nine draft picks in 2021, uh, uh, nine in 22, and nine in 23. That's, Eight in 21, right. and nine in 21, 22. And they also play a very smart game, and, and I think a, a, a game that in the whole scheme of things is, is great for football and, and, and great for minority hires and things like that. You think about the general managers that have left, the head coaches that have left, um, uh, the defensive coordinators that have left. They've, they've gotten draft picks out exactly. of out of doing something that we should be doing regardless, mm-hmm. but they've got, been ahead of the curve on that, um, and, and that's how you get other draft picks. You also sometimes say goodbye to free agents mm-hmm. and reap. The, the you know extra and that's yeah. again the Rams have had the second most draft picks since 2016 even though they haven't had a first round pick since 2016 why because they do what the 49ers have done they literally mm-hmm. build through the draft especially later on in the in, in the draft and I I look at this Raiders roster and they've 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 kind of while they've missed a lot they missed a lot on on on, on draft picks that 2020 draft class has disappeared before our very eyes basically but. Sneakily, they've they've actually done a pretty decent job some in the in the draft. Like right. like this is a young the, the the defensively they've got some 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 good players on that side of the ball. They have to start. They have to obviously continue to do better in the in the draft. But if you can and if you believe in yourself and you believe in your system, like the Chiefs do too, mm-hmm. they keep drafting and developing and finding talent all over through the draft. And that's again on Tom Telesco. But if you can do that, you can take some chances. In, in at the top of the draft to go get what you do need is the quarterback, and I know that you know it, it gets redundant saying that, but but Fitzy just said it. The best player beat the best teams. Probably, I would would you say the the Baltimore Ravens top to bottom were better this year than the than the Chiefs? Yeah, he did it twice. I know, and maybe and that's, bu- what's, that's what's crappy because it's like they they, they went through murderers row and they were not they weren't as nearly as good and they still won. It's because their quarterback actually is, is as good as he is in the regular season plays better in the postseason too. At the biggest moments, he rises to that challenge. He's what is he fourteen and three now in the playoffs? The only quarterbacks that have beaten them are Burrow and Brady twice. It's insane how good he is, and that's a daunting task. But it tells you you have to find somebody that's going to be able to measure up to him in those biggest moments. And and to me, it kind of it, it starts there. And I think the Raiders are in a good place roster wise to to be able to make that kind of a bold move. Okay, we'll take a break and get more thoughts on the other side at 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200 is our phone and our text line. The text line is brought to you by the Dollar Loan Center. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, talking about our great friends over at Dos Cotas Tequila. If you're here in town. Go check out Senior Frogs, <clears throat> excuse me, over at uh, the Treasure Island Hotel. Uh, they've got daily specials every day, two-for-one specials of Dos Cotas Tequila. And if you're not here in Las Vegas, and as we, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk about great places to go to get Dos Cotas here in, in, in Las Vegas. But if you're not here in Las Vegas, just go to doscotasspirits.com. They've got all their inventory online. Wherever it is that you are, just just uh, go online and, and you'll be able to punch in the code word kickoff and get 20% off your next online purchase of Dos Cotas Tequila. It's the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. 702 also our text line from the Dollar Loan Center. Give us your thoughts on, you know, we're thinking 
the Chris Jones pack. Yes. What do you want to do? What, you push it in, man. Let's develop a package here. Right. Fitzy said he's he's willing to fly out ahead of each game to serenade, serenade any dinner with the family. Right. I didn't I didn't quite catch if that was strictly for home games or if it was for all games. I'm going to say all because again, all hands on deck. Right. I'm willing. <laughs> he's going to be busy. Again, it doesn't have to be the highest monetary value thing, right? Yeah. Not money isn't everything. So a, a, a collection of things would be great. Right. I'm willing to throw in my first generation Xbox One that I bought in the fall of 2014. Donald, I'm willing to throw that in there. I would have no here. more video game consoles in my house. <laughs> so that level of sacrifice would be felt. But I'm willing to do it. It's a, it's a big machine. It's a clunky machine. But damn it, she still runs. Gets hot a little bit. Would you, you give the thing up? up a little bit? What is it? Tony's Pizza? What is it, what is it that you got? Uh, I think it's Red Tony's. Baron. Red Baron. Yeah, Red Baron. And applesauce for the next two years? I'm not eating that right now. And so, oh. yeah. Well, but, but things, I, I live by them, and then they're dead to me for, for a long time. Because <laughs> it'll it'll get to a point it where it will make yeah. me nauseous to eat it. Mm-hmm. It'll just be like, nope, no more dopamine here. And so I haven't had pizza for a long time. Yeah, it's it. it I, I, I do too. I, I run through things until yeah. there's just nothing left of it. And months it's like and I, months and months. Yeah, and it's just bad. And hopefully, I, I get that love again somewhere else. You mm-hmm. know, but it doesn't always happen that way. No. For me, I would open up the day club. I'd make the a beautiful uh, pool day club, fresh oh. for Chris Jones and his family. A special cabana, special entrance into the cabana, uh, whatever it takes. So you have all summer long with the with the beautiful people, and you're treated like a, an absolute VIP, and everyone will know your name because it's named after you. The Chris so Jones. So standing cabana. Yes, the a Chris standing Jones cabana. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is interesting when we talk about this because you know what I'm thinking about when we're talking about this is Max Crosby. Because the minute, and I'm sure he's going to welcome Chris Jones. With Chris, open you want to have a sleepover? But Max Crosby is <laughs> going to be my turn. Oh, and, and as he should, mm-hmm. and as the okay, Raiders go, should pay him. Go no look problem. At, go look, go, go forth. <laughs> <guys> Prosper. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, because look what he's making. Like, look what he's making compared to what Nick Bosa ended up signing for. And mm-hmm. you can make the argument that he's just as good as Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. It's, no, like, sure. it's like night and day in terms of the guaranteed money uh, right there. So I would think that Max Crosby's already thinking along those lines. And then you do have to start thinking – if you're the organization, how much money are we going to spend on the defensive line? Because all of it adds up. It's it's 53 pieces of that puzzle that you got to put together under the salary cap. Yeah, wasn't this the, the second cheapest defense of the year, though? Wasn't there, like, very little money invested into this defense? Not very little. It was less Co- than. Compared yeah. to most. Yeah. And and compared to the value and the but production that you got out of it. But that's going to change with Nate Hobbs coming up. That's mm-hmm. going to change with Amik Robertson coming up. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz's contract's going to be coming up here mm-hmm. pretty soon. So, Good um, thing they got cap space, baby. Yep. Good thing. And they got youngins. Good thing they can restructure <laughs> these damn contracts anytime they want. Oh, and they, the two big signings they did have on free agency, Spillane and Epps, who, they were who got are you for renegotiating they're, with? They're a song, basically. Hey, you know they just figure this out. Who, but you said they could renegotiate. What, who? The contracts? Is, is Mahomes going to renegotiate his contract this offseason? He says he is. You don't think – this isn't this a year-to-year thing? At any point I could say, hey, uh, I wanted to, we're going to change the structure of this contract, yes or no. It has to be somebody that's on a big deal. Okay. There's nobody on the Raiders that fit that category right now. Okay. So you like I to... said, we got money to spend. So let's go spend it on Chris Jones. Let's go spend it on some pieces like that. And and if Max wants more money, fine. He's gonna Yay! want. He's, he's, yes. he, he, I'm I, sure I, he wants more money yes, right now. We're operating with that guarantee as he's earned it. As he's earned it, we'll pay him. We'll pay him. We're fine. Um, we were having this conversation uh, off air in terms of 
the slow build, mm-hmm. quick build. And uh, I know Raider fans are like, what do you mean slow? I'm, I'm being facetious here. Slow build. We've been slow building for 25 years now. You know, it's. Oh, we've been slow starting over for 25 yeah, years. It's, it's not building if it's getting constantly torn down because it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, it's and, and, and I think they're closer than, than people think. Like if you, I, if you put CJ Stroud on this team right now. Oh, God. I'm just saying. Yeah. Think about that. And obviously they didn't have access to him. I'm not saying that they did. But if you put that caliber of a quarterback on this team right now, they're in the playoffs. They're in. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, they're in. I'll guarantee it that they are in the playoffs. That's why I'm that. And I, I couldn't have said that last year at this time because the defense was so porous. Well, we didn't up. know what C.J. Stroud was. Not, not just that, but the defense wasn't like coming off the year that the defense had the year before and the year before that. You, you could have said, okay. The quarter, let's improve the quarterback position, but the defense still stinks, so that's probably going to prevent the Raiders from making the playoffs. Now the defense is really good, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm saying this team, this particular team, if you put a quarterback the caliber of C.J. Stroud onto this team, and maybe there is one of those quarterbacks in this draft, that can turn things around pretty darn quickly. And, and no, I'm not saying that they're going to be the, a Super Bowl winning team. But just to get to the playoffs for the Raiders this year with a young quarterback, with the kind of core that they have, and a and an inexpensive quarterback at that, where you could now, Max Crosby's a given. You're gonna re, you're gonna that 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 contract's gonna get redone probably sooner rather than later. He deserves that, based on where he's paid compared to his contemporaries, guys that he's better than that are making more money than he is. They'll they'll, they'll get that fixed. But you're in a position right now, I think, with this roster. Devontae Adams, you know, uh, Jacoby Meyer, Michael Mayer, who I think is going to excel in this Luke Getze offense, whether whoever the running back is, just put a pretty good court, put a good quarterback on this team. And you're not talking about a complete rebuild. That's what I'm saying. You're not, ta- you're, you're not talking about a complete rebuild with this team. Yeah. Right. When your defense is that good, you yeah. can build on something that's like, you know, not far away anyway. And you got good weapons You have weapons there. You have a Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Uh, very few teams have that luxury. Trey Tucker, who I think is going to continue to get better on this team. Um, the, the tight end, I think, is going to be in a better position uh, uh, next year. But again, it, it does go back to, all right, who's that quarterback? And, and if you can hit on that quarterback, man, the whole world changes. All right. What do you guys think? 702-365-9200. Out to uh, Las Vegas, Raider Reggie, the Silver and Black Panther. How's it going, dude? My man. What's going on, hey. family? Hey, good to oh, hear man. from you. You know, uh, on social media all last week, you were a very busy person. What was going on? You and Charles Woodson were hugging each other like oh, you guys man, were best friends. I'm talking about that. <laughs> no, nah, we're going to talk about it. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. They, they came to our city, right? Yeah. You ain't going to let them come to your city and don't be a part of it. So I had to get into action, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that you're talking about now was uh, it was awesome to be part of this event from Fred Minnick, the guy that's the world-famous uh, bourbon sipper. Uh, he had Charles Woodson as one of his guests and his bourbon, you know, having the Woodson whiskey and all of that. But it was in benefit of Forgotten Not Gone, which is a nonprofit that I've been working with out here in Las Vegas. Okay. And so that was real awesome. I did not expect it. I I knew they were inviting us to be the uh, guest charity, but for Charles Woodson to be there, it was like, here we go. You know I got to let them know who I am. I had to pull out the tat. (laughs) Absolutely. 
dude. That's I, great. I, I, that's a really good fundraiser. Yeah, Very that is a good one because you work with local veterans on that. I, I've seen that before. Yes, sir. We're out here in North Las Vegas off Craig Road. We actually got a building now, which is awesome, 3960 West Craig Road. And our whole purpose is to stump out veteran suicide. Thank God they had what they have before I came around because they saved my life. So mm. I had to be part of what they're doing since 2016. And my whole hope is to be able to help another veteran overcome suicide ideation and having any kind of concerns about depression and all of that when really what it is is just being around other veterans help you kind of get through some of the tough times. Mm. Forgottennotgone.org, right? Forgottennotgone.org, yes, sir. Awesome stuff, Reggie. That's amazing. You know what's what's cool about it, though, too, is the nonprofit that I was uh, part of the board with started the um, Get Them to the Game program, Mm -hmm. and that was all started Mm -hmm. because of you guys' radio station. Oh, it's awesome. People were calling in. And one of the guys, I can't remember Robert's last name, but Robert called in. And fans just started helping us when I called and said, we got to get him to the game. And I just want to give a really big shout-out to Eric Kirshner, A.K. Raider, as I call him. (laughs) Yes. Because he came through to get uh, Robert and his family to a home game here at Allegiant Stadium. And we're going to relaunch that this year. So, I was really excited about being able to provide. We we actually tried to honor Eric at uh, the Salute to Kindness Awards, and it was in California, but Eric wasn't able to uh, make it, but he did a video for us. So I have a plaque for Eric right here. So if you guys can get in touch with Eric, let him know I still got the plaque. Ah, uh, Cool, man. That's awesome, Raider Reg. Do you have anything that you'd like to add to the to the Chris Jones Super Pack, a sacrifice you'd be willing to make to, to make that pot a little bit sweeter for him? Hey, I, I, I'm like this. I'm, I like what Vinny is saying, and I think you got to be cautious because we know, we know that Max earned his pay. So whatever you give, Chris, you got to be ready to uh, make sure you stack that up with uh, Max. But <laughs> I'm like this, man. You buy that man a, a, a three to four acre piece of land with a house on it. He don't have to pay for it. All he do is show up with his family <laughs> and do all that other stuff with the money. I wouldn't give him more than $50 million, that's for sure. And like I said, with the defense, we already pretty much established but I think you definitely, definitely got to get that offensive line established. So you got to go get who you got to get. I would go get Chris Jones for sure. And then definitely get some type of O-line, somebody for the O-line. Good stuff, Reggie. Appreciate it. The Thanks, Silver Reg. Black Panther. Very, very good stuff. Anyway, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, 702-365-9200. We also have a conversation with Eric Kramer, former Lions quarterback. We'll play in the third hour. It's all that and more on Raider Nation Radio. Traffic at 9200. Get your thoughts on the Chris Jones pack. Thoughts are coming in on what would you be willing to chip in. 
And it's a collective. It doesn't have to be everybody all at once. Yeah. Just let him know he's welcome here. And we'll tell you what, we'll do a uh, care package as well that's just as cool and just as lucrative for Max Crosby when the time comes. Don't worry. There's room for everybody on this boat. We'll figure it out. There's cup holders for everybody, okay? (laughs) Right. Like, let's let's get rid of the scarcity complex Seat warmers and cup holders for everybody. We're at the Chargers in Cap Hell, okay? We got room to work. Right. We got room to move. Not we got yet. People to reward. <laughs> like uh, what? A, what a day and age to be in mm-hmm. for the nation. It's true. I mean, think about. It. There's money to spend, and uh, the team's not far away from hitting with the spot where you need to be to be, you know, competing for titles. All we'll right. Just, so just get better. Just get better just and get go better. after difference titles makers. Seven zero two three six five nine two zero zero out to Las Vegas Raider sixty six. Good morning to you, sir. Hey. Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Uh, awesome. Man, you. Good, Great, uh, much better after yesterday. Thank God, it was uh, that was that was Armageddon yesterday. It was crazy. <laughs> what at the airport? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, we had double the capacity going out yesterday, but I didn't have double the personnel, so oh. it was uh, it was not a good combination. Yeah. Bless you, friend. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, about the uh, the Chris Jones pack because I've been saying for a couple of years now, as much as we need a good quarterback, we need a couple of Chris Joneses. Okay. So if if you if you can get him, if you can land him. It not only bolsters our defense, but it really puts a big hole in Kansas City. So it's a yeah. win-win. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, my thing is, you remember, you know, when you were uh, attending school or maybe after you got out of school and kids would come up and want to sell you this coupon book where you mm-hmm. got discounts on all these events? Well, this sure. is the sports and entertainment capital of the world. Maybe we get Chris Jones and then limited book it like that he just pulls out a coupon i want to have go to this show i want to go to this show you know or he has his own personal concierge where they just set it up you know you want to go to opening night here uh you know boom there it is uh, that would be yes Mm -hmm. and personally you know i don't really have any talent other than maybe tutoring him on the raider history but i'm thinking raider nation has probably got to have more than two million people in it so if everybody chips in fifty dollars, you got a hundred million dollars that you can spread out for Max. Uh, See, Chris, uh, you know whoever needs it. That, that's, uh, that's our GoFundMe. That's yeah. the GoFundMe. Yes. It's simple. It's simple. But uh, I would like to thank uh, you know Mahomes' wife and uh, Kelsey's girlfriend for at least having some respect for Raider Nation and wearing black to the Super Bowl. Yeah. At least at least that was until Swift put that hideous red Kansas City jacket on. Um, so the Chiefs are already talking about a three-peat. You know, right now they're the only ones that accomplish it. They've got two in a row. The Raiders are no um, – no. Uh, they've dealt with three-peats before. Uh, there's only been a couple in the 104-year history of the NFL. One, the Packers in the 1920s and early 30s, there wasn't any playoffs. They just had the best record, so they won three straight titles. Uh, then Vince Lombardi in the, in the mid-'60s, Won the third, uh, he won Super Bowl one and two. The Raiders were defeated in Super Bowl two, and they had won the NFL championship in '65. So they had a three peak there. Nobody's done it in the Super Bowl era, but the Raiders have stymied two teams that tried. The '74 Dolphins were trying to go to their fourth straight Super Bowl and their third straight victory. Wow. The Sea of Hands game oh, took yeah. that out of them. The Raiders knocked them off, and it wasn't going to be a three peak. Two years later, the Pittsburgh Steelers were going for a three peak. 1976, the Raiders finally break through, beat them, and they won their only their, their first Super Bowl. So, what is coming up here? I see if the Raiders are wor- if the Raiders, if the Chiefs are worried about the Raiders, they may want them in that first that season opening game on Thursday night mm-hmm. because the Raiders have got a new OC, they're going to have a new offensive philosophy, and probably a rookie quarterback. 
what better way to get a victory than in the first game of the year when, you know, everything is still in flux. There's only three teams, three teams in the home schedule for the Chiefs that really have any type of bling for that opening game. They got Baltimore, they got Cincinnati, and of course they got the Raiders. So if they're not worried about the Raiders, I think you'll find out early and it won't be us playing on that Thursday night game. We'll see what happens. You guys have a great day. Thanks, 66. All right, thank you. Uh, Thanks for the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. This like Nation was on deck this weekend. They were, too. Right? Like, volunteers as well. Like, so many people make that whole week go, right? And so could not be more appreciative. Those are our, my favorite types of people. Our, our great listener, Dan from San Diego, was a, was a volunteer. Yeah? So he, had, he enjoyed it, loved it, and... Raider 66 is absolutely right about the airport. I live over by the Henderson Airport. Mm-hmm. Non-stop Sunday night. I mean, it was it was from when I got home, which is really late. And they never usually have planes leaving in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. All the way from the, from from midnight to, to the next morning, it was just one after, one after another. Uh, planes leaving. So it's all the high, you know, the 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 the, the big wigs using the, the the private airport and flying flying off leaving Las Vegas but there were so many people in the building on Sunday it was pretty cool got to get in the office for that 8 a.m. meeting Leonardo DiCaprio and LeBron and everyone that was there it was just a such a spectacle I love it I love Super Bowls I I, I think that's it's my favorite of all the things to cover to be at because it's just it's one you know it's 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 the ultimate game 7 of every hockey series NBA series Baseball's, you know, World Series, uh, it, it, but it, it feels like the world stops a little bit. Well, I right? think people uh, count time with Super Bowls. Yeah. They remember the year it was because mm-hmm. they remember who won that Super Bowl, who was at least in it anyway. Right. Uh, it, world Cups are fascinating globally, but it takes more than one game. Yeah. You know, uh, and F1 is amazing, but yet your collection of races. Super Bowl is singularly special. Yeah. And you only get one a year, and it's like you can remember uh, who faced who. And, and it's like even, even 66 was going down the lineage. He might be like, you know, a different example, but somebody can still remember, yeah, if you tried to go for a three-peat, look who stood in your way. Yeah. And yeah. That's, it's, that's why it's so impossible to do. And it's our product. That's that's the other thing, too, is we love a good American product, right, with the international draw. Sometimes it doesn't play super well for it the doesn't. people here at home. We like, mm-hmm. we like our sport and it to be self-contained. Yeah, yeah. I think soccer is starting here. You know, obviously, that's that's the global sport. That's the number one sport uh, in, in the world. And I, and I think, um, you know, I, I, I always look at it through my son's eyes. When he was six, seven years old, he was naming all these soccer stars that I didn't even know. Like, he knew all of them. I'm like, how do you know him? He's like, don't you remember? You got me, you know, uh, FIBA, um, you know, the, the soccer game for, for the games. Xbox. That will help. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that helps. you talk to Jermaine yeah. Illuminor and Jakob Johnson, who grew up in, you know, uh, England, or London and, and Germany, respectively. That's how they learned about American football. So they obviously knew all the soccer players because that's in Europe. You know, so much of that is based in Europe. But they were they were like my son, our son's. Uh, you know, playing American football, and that's how they learned about football through Madden. So, yeah, uh, video games have really, sh- you know, closed the world. It's 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 made it a, a much much smaller world. Because when we were kids, I didn't know any of the Pele, Pele. That was mm-hmm. about it. Other, yeah. than, other than that, because <laughs> he came to America too. You know, I didn't know any of the big time soccer stars. Now they're as 
recognizable to our youngsters um, as as football and baseball stars were to us when we were growing up. Yeah, it was uh, Pele, Maradona. Maradona. And it, was, it didn't go very far because we couldn't see their action. Exactly. The satellite feeds never got to mainstream America. Right. And that was a real problem. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Conversation with Eric Kramer, former Lions quarterback, and a whole lot more questions we've never asked that we wanted to during the Super Bowl, all that and more. 